0: class. Thank you for coming this morning. Nice to have our son join us. He's in the military. Was in Florida for about two months or three months? Three months. And he may have an assignment in California for six months. So we're trying to catch a window, spend a little time with him. He lives in Horsham, Hatboro area. Outside of Philadelphia, so decided to join us today. Well, how are you? I hope you're praying for Israel. Uh, tough time. Uh, we haven't heard all the casualty reports, but it's bad. It's really bad. And uh, that war continues to go on in uh, Ukraine. Uh, a lot of Trials and problems. We talk about war. We're going to be talking about a different kind of war, uh, though there probably are some connections for sure, because the devil's trying to stir things up and cause confusion all across our world today. But we are going to be continuing the study on standing for truth. I've titled the study today Confronting the Relentless War Against the Truth, and it is a relentless war. You, you and I would like to, like to be able to see uh, that some of these terrorist groups would stop, and lay down their arms, and surrender. And we'd like to see that happen with Russia, ukraine situation. Uh, perhaps, perhaps some of these things would happen, but when it comes to this particular war, spiritual warfare, it's going to keep on going right on up until Jesus comes, and then even in the tribulation period, uh, it's going to continue on, and then we're going to have the millennial period, and then there's going to be another short period at the end of the millennial period before it's finalized. But right now, we're going to be speaking about the subject confronting the relentless war against the truth. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, dear God, for the truth of your word, and, and uh, we thank you, Lord, that um, the Bible stands like a rock undaunted. And uh, we pray, Lord, you would help us to follow your ways and be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and uh, allow your precious truth to guide our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so the purpose of this particular study, unless Matt, can you turn that down just a, a little bit, is... Primarily informative, and I want it to be thought-provoking. Uh, not depressing, For don't want it to be depressing, but ultimately I hope that these kinds of studies will motivate you to stand firm in the truth. Now, primarily the truth of God's word, but truth in general, which is... Uh, being compromised on every hand. Uh, We know the spiritual warfare has been going on against the truth since uh, the Garden of Eden, and that relentless war continues on. It's not a new war, but I would say, based upon what scripture teaches, plus my observation that this war is becoming fiercer now than it ever has. Now, I know, I've heard people say, well, things have always been bad. There have been bad times in history in the past, and that's true. Terrible wars, in fact, World War I, I think it was. Uh, it was the war to end all wars, and then World War Two came along. And some of the optimism of certain eschatological teachers were... Their hopes were dashed when another world war came along in the 30s and 40s because they thought it was gonna get better and it didn't get better. I have no reason to believe that things are the same as they were but I think it's actually worse. And of course, some of that thinking is in the lens of how we have in America had some great liberties and so on and those liberties are just eroding away like a tsunami so some of my thinking may be along that line but the Bible does say evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived and second Timothy says now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses so do these also resist the truth men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith now I don't have other scriptures here but You can see from not just the prophets of old, but the words of Jesus, that things are just gonna get really, really, really bad. All right, so what's happening in America? What has happened? And what is happening now? I have on your sheet there for over 100 years, there's been a relentless onslaught. Philosophers and educators have written and promoted a secular ideology in both the educational systems and now, especially in modern times, these falsehoods are energized by the liberal media. So some of the evils are spreading exponentially because of liberal media. Besides the battles from without, there exist serious internal conflicts and compromises within the ranks of Christianity Yes, even among professing Christians. Now, some of you, maybe all of you have heard the name of Charles Stanley, who not too awful long ago went to be with the Lord after many, many years of ministry. He has a son named Andy Stanley, who has a very large megachurch, I believe in the land area, and he recently had a conference where he had some avowed homosexuals speaking at that conference. And uh, you may have seen or heard in the past that he has in many, many ways, he's defected from what we call historic Christianity, sound Christianity. That's only one of many high-profile figures uh, that are just caught up in two major compromises about the truth of God's word. And Al Mohler wrote an article about this, trying to explain it, of course he's the Southern Baptist but takes a pretty strong stand uh, against this compromise. But it's all over the place, it's like, You feel like every rock you turn over, there's another compromising situation. My encouragement to you and admonition to you is maybe similar in some respects to Joshua, where he talks about being strong in the Lord and the power of his might and so on, or uh, being strong in the Lord, being courageous and so on. We must courageously confront this war against the truth. And if you think you could do it in your own strength, you're missing out Ephesians chapter six, where it talks about the spiritual warfare. We have to take the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. So it's God's truth that would help you. say, well, I'm, I'm strong, I'm stubborn. You have to understand where my ethnic background is. I never give in. It, the devil's stronger than your tenacity. <laughs> you better make sure you are have the full armor of God one, or you also will fall prey to the ways of the devil. Peter speaks about this in 1 Peter chapter 5. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. All right, so as we think about the subject, get our minds oriented to this, we need to heed the warnings from Scripture about opposition to God's truth. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew. I'll read some of these passages, a few of a number of warnings. I have not put in here the warnings of the Old Testament prophets. Certainly they're appropriate, but Jesus said these words, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another Shall hate one another, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because of iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Now, just kind of come back just a little bit. Israel has been on attack, in under attack, like since the inception of the nation in what 1948 or something like that. Uh, Satan hates uh, anything to do with Jesus Christ or the nation of Israel. And he's working hard to try to destroy that nation. But Jesus is predicting something out in the tribulation period, which may not be very far away, okay? he would be right around the corner. All right, Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul says this, For I know this, that after my departing shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. So within the churches themselves that were started by the apostles, so had good doctrine, he says even within their midst, there would be those who would come itinerant teachers or those who were existing uh, within the flock, maybe professors, not possessors. And of course, the admonitions to the churches, seven churches in Revelation, Chapter 2 and chapter 3 allude to these things as well, where they had already come in and started to uh, uh, cause harm in the churches. 2 Timothy 2, 16 through 18, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred saying that the resurrection is passed already and overthrow the faith of some. And so here we have, once again, the warning about false teaching, as the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, instructing him about how to care for the churches. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, and then one more for now, Titus chapter one, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. So just a kind of a quick bird's eye view of uh, the scriptures that warn against deception. And we have to make sure that we heed the warnings, not be oblivious to them. I know we're living in a soft age where nobody wants to offend anybody else. So let's not say anything because we, we don't want to, you know, ruffle their feathers. I mean, I know that's the spirit of this age. We have to accept everybody. We have to love everybody. And, of course, that word love is stretch way out of proportion it's not the right kind of love where truth is compromised they all both love and truth have to be uh, intertwined together and so when you have some of the modern uh, evil immoral movements today putting signs out to promote their cause their evil cause and they do it under the banner of love, you can be sure that's not the love the Bible is talking about. Maybe lust, but it certainly is not love. All right, so secondly, be discerning about the battles we face in this war in this war against truth. This is not all exhaustive, but indeed, these are factors that play into why in the world are we having this terrible Every which way. Don't even know, as I talked about this before, we don't even know who we can trust any longer. Are they telling the truth, or are they not telling the truth? Why is this happening so fast, so quickly? Well, I put the term here, the expression here, the rapid increase of secularization. Perhaps that's not, not uh, maybe accurate because this has been going on for quite a period of time. But like I said, it's it's uh, it seems to be exponentially uh, manifesting itself at every and every angle. Secularization is prideful humankind at the center of one's worldview, where reason is the final authority and God is removed from everything. Now again, this philosophy goes back before you uh, and our time; uh, goes back. Way back, I realize this, uh, even in the 1700s, there were those who claimed to be deists. Uh, the idea of deism is that there was a creator, um, at least someone who designed the universe, but more or less uh, this so-called originator of the universe and so on was more like a clockmaker, who put the clock together, wound it up, and set the clock up on the shelf and is not any more interested in, in the continuation of, of uh, any ideals or anything like that. So very, very, very secular. Anybody know individuals in history that claim be deist? Yes? Benjamin Franklin. He claimed to a deist. And as much as he did a lot of wonderful things as far as inventions are in concerned, would, we wouldn't call him a sound biblical teacher. Anybody else know any historic figures that were connected with deism? Uh, yes. I believe George Washington was. I can't say dogmatically about Thomas Jefferson, but Thomas Jefferson was very liberal. He wrote his own Bible. I actually have a copy of that Bible, not an original copy, but um, it, it actually has removed all the miraculous things about what Jesus did, all the miracles, because he didn't believe in those things. So he wrote his own Bible, and the ones that were existing at that particular time didn't satisfy him. So, so anyway, we have historic figures that are were not as godly as sometimes they are portrayed to be. And what throws people off is yes, they were monotheistic, they did believe in a God or some creator or designer of the universe, but it really comes down to following the truth they did. And then the secular, secularization is also recognized in what's called naturalism, which is really the material world only. Anybody know a philosophy that grew out of naturalism that is very has been predominant for decades? you have any idea when I say the word you just oh yeah I knew that what's that evolution exactly evolution Uh, so that basically looks at things as just material and then here's an expression God has compartmentalized and in in a certain sense uh, what these philosophers or writers or educators have done is they have taken uh, the issues of life, different things of life, and they've categorized them into two parts. One, uh, in the public realm, facts, math, science, politics. Has anybody anybody heard this? Well, we have to find out what science says. Where did that come from? It comes from this idea here. And so we have to make sure. What the science anybody here, when's the last time you heard, heard a meteorologist say, we really need to pray that God brings protection. He's allowing these things to come for reasons and purposes that we may not understand and we need to pray for. When's the last time you heard a meteorologist bring God into the picture? And we have to be careful because even our language today, we can fall, fall into this, it's supposed to rain today oh it's supposed to rain who said well the person who (laughs) runs the runs the show we don't know obviously but there's a lot of even expressions that are used today that fall in line with this and so uh, on the other hand when it comes to religious matters anything related to values and opinions and so on connect to religion, that is a private matter. You keep that to yourself. Have you heard this? Well, you know, I I just think I think religion is just a private thing. Okay? And they are not necessarily putting down what you believe, but they think you should compartmentalize that into your own private life. Don't bring it into the public domain okay now expand on this any questions about this secularization we are engulfed in it from every single aspect of our culture and so pushing God out of the public schools that's going on for a long period of time pushing any kind of signs in the public realm about maybe nativity scenes coming into Christmas anything that would be spiritual leave it out now if it's anything to do with Halloween that's okay we can keep that in the public forum, that, that's no problem. I'm saying that facetiously, but sadly, that's true, all right? So the rapid increase of secularization, that's one of the reasons why truth is being rooted, all right? So when we talk about private, I'm not saying these beliefs, values, and opinions are, are related to scripture always, but oftentimes they just don't want in, in the picture at all. I'm, <laughs> a few years ago, when there was this huge thing going on about not saying merry christmas and you you want happy holidays you know how that was well somebody came along and they said they didn't like the easter bunny as an icon because it was too much of a religious symbol <laughs> i thought what is happening the easter bunny a religious symbol but because i guess it had the word easter in there they thought it was too religious and even the word Easter is not uh, is not probably biblically correct in some respects, all right? Even though we do, uh, of course, recognize the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. All right, here's another. The distorted characterization of religion in general. It is viewed as old-fashioned, weird, meaningless. For the weak, it is harmful and sometimes associated with radical Islam. Through sitcoms, comedians, and movies, religion is ridiculed and scoffed. I've seen some, some statistics on this, and the, the vast majority of Hollywood so-called stars or those who are out in the, in the light, the vast majority are atheists or agnostics the vast majority of screenwriters are also atheist agnostic. And they, many times, have either intentionally or unintentionally put a huge blight over anybody even connected with any kind of religion at all. And so when Americans say, are saturated with Hollywood movies, and I recognize there's a few Christians that now have kind of broken through. Been pretty tough, but they've broken through. Although you don't see this in media a whole lot, um, when people are eat, sleeping, and drinking movies and all this kinds of stuff, it has in a way like a brainwashing effect upon unbelievers but maybe even believers as well so be careful you're not putting too much of a diet in this you're gonna be hard-pressed to find a popular secular movie that does not in some way say something negative or sarcastic or put a pastor clergyman or anything in a bad light. so that's kind of promoting all right let's look at the next one the new appetite for entertainment just over 100 years ago, there were no movies, movie theaters, radios, televisions, or smartphones. Welcome to the world of fun and games. That is, by the way, amusement means literally no thinking. It's too painful to think, so we just go along with as fun. Now people have insatiable appetites for the extraordinary non-stop excitement and novel techniques, truth is no longer important. It's not way up there. Uh, John MacArthur said these words, we now have an adolescent appetite and expectation for an emotionally fulfilling, ever expanding, earth shattering church experience that ordinary just can't compete with. Now I saw somebody put this on, uh, uh, somebody that I know, interact a little bit and they said I thought Christianity was supposed to be representing the light the gospel and and I don't know what their exact experience was but I'm going to say their evaluation was pretty dead-on they said why is it that if you go into some church settings they have the lights way down it's so dark, you can't see anything, and all you see is, you know, you know, some lights up on the stage there and so on. We're supposed to be one who representing light, so maybe John should turn his lights on over here so we have some more light. But my point is this, even Christianity, so-called Christianity, is caught up into the amusement mindset rather than a worshipable and worshipful mindset all right so there's this appetite for entertainment uh, i've alluded to this a couple times in some messages and i said this have you ever said this well did you have a happy time you probably have said that you probably heard that and parents are saying this all the time were you happy was this a ha- you know happiness happy birthday happy so all this mindset again not all of it's all bad, but it's like happiness. Instead of saying, now nah, I don't know how to do this, instead of saying, hope you have a holy birthday party, I hope you have a holy educational experience when you go to college. <laughs> so I hope you're happy at college. Um, so happiness and all those kinds of things oftentimes overshadows what is really important. And what's going to bring the right kind of happiness, and that's holiness, all right? So the new appetite for entertainment and not looking for truth, the denial of moral absolutes and the erosion of morality standards with the rejection of the authority of scriptures and God, the moral compass is no longer.